When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome once again, everybody, to Blockbuster Mentality, the podcast where actors, filmmakers, critics, and content creators come on to dissect their favorite films. I'm your host, Ben. Exciting show for you folks today. But first, before we get into that, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. Give us a review. Helps us out a lot. Uh, And any podcast platform you're listening to, be sure to do that. Took a couple weeks off. Sorry about that, but uh, needed to needed to cool down the jets. Was burnt out a little, you know. Needed a little break. Needed a little break sometimes, and uh, I'm glad I took it. I feel refreshed now and excited to to pump out some more episodes. And uh, we had a very exciting one this week. Spoke with someone I've been tweeting at for months now and <laughs> pestering him, annoying him, <laughs> till finally he said, yeah, I'll come on the show. Let's schedule it so you'll shut up. No, he was uh, very nice about it uh, and uh, graciously agreed to come on. Paul Walter Hauser, you may know him from Itania, Richard Jewell, uh, Cobra Kai, the show Kingdom. He's been in a lot of things. And we had a great conversation about Dazed and Confused, about movies in general, and 1993's Dazed and Confused by Richard Linklater uh, was the film he chose. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation I had with Paul Walter Hauser. Here it is. Yeah. Did you rewatch it? You know, I meant to, but I've seen it so many times yeah. that like, yeah. I was like, I could, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fresh on it. No, that's, that's understandable. I had to do a refresh. It's been like, I don't know, two or ugh, more like five years since I've seen it. So I had to do a rewatch. Uh, but, um, so you're, uh, are you still in Canada right now? I am. I'm in Ontario. Ontario. Look at that. That's uh, that's close to Detroit, uh, kinda. I don't know where in Ontario you are, but uh, <laughs> I am, I, we used to go to Ontario right from Detroit, man. Yeah, no, Canada's cool. I've been here for some film festivals. I shot a pilot in Vancouver uh, on the other side years ago. Are you able to talk about what you're doing there now? Uh, can't say much now. <laughs> Got to kind of let it come out. Not like yeah. it's like it's not like I'm doing a Transformers movie. It's just an indie, but it's um. Yeah. It hasn't really been announced yet. Forgive me, by the way. I'm eating cashews and drinking orange juice. There's a little <laughs> bit of schmutz coming out of my mouth. I apologize. It, it's all right. It just adds it adds character. It's kind of like a scratched guitar or something. You know, it adds, like adds Every character, character I've played in every movie. They're just damaged <laughs> people that you have to stare at. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing a movie up here with, with some really good co-stars. It'll get announced okay. in a couple weeks, hopefully. Nice. And then it'll, you know, get pushed back to 2021 and then pushed back to 2022. And then <laughs> not trying to curse you or anything. Sure. It's just, man, this, I don't, I don't, this industry is crazy right now. I don't know if I'll ever get to see Tenet. <laughs> Same here. I mean, I we had open theaters because I'm in Tampa now. We had open theaters, uh, but, you know, and they like did like 40% capacity. But I just, yeah, I still haven't gotten around to seeing it. It's, uh, yeah, it's. I want to, <laughs> I want to, most, see, I I want to see it in theaters. You know, I really. Yeah, it's that's like such a theater movie. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And now you got you got uh, James Bond getting pushed back, and all these things, man. It's it's insane. It's insane. I hope uh, hope the world goes back to normal again soon. If ever, but we don't have to get into that. That's no big deal. I mean, the movie theaters, the movie theater is one of the only places that unites all like income brackets of people. Sure. So, 
you know, even if people are suffering through COVID or post-COVID life in the workplace, everybody's got money to go to a movie, you know. Right. You're always yeah. going to find money to go to a movie. So I really hope that theaters have that resurgence sometime in the next year. I really hope that happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's got it's it's got to. I mean, it's like you said, it's yes. I mean, ticket prices have gone up and things. But yeah, like you said, people always find a way to, you know, go, go, even if it's, you know, $15 a ticket. I mean, I could see like a family of six, maybe, you know, might be a little tough, but, you know, well, I, I would say like even myself, like I lived in I've lived in L.A. about nine years almost. And uh, there's a movie theater out in North Hollywood. It's a sketchy little movie theater off Belling, Bellingham Boulevard, I think it's called, okay. and, or Bellingham Avenue. But they play like $1.50, $2 movies like once or twice a week. And like me and my buddies would go there all the time and just see three movies in a row for like five bucks. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, they don't. I, I remember growing up there being dollar theaters, like after a movie it did fast. its big run in the theater. And yeah, going to the dollar show, you know, and that was, yeah, it was great. I mean, my parents were paying for it, so I didn't carry their way, but <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, definitely a, a big memory for me with those, were those dollar theaters. I saw Jurassic Park for $1 in my home. Oh, wow. Theater. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. They've had uh, drive-ins open around here too. And uh, they were playing Jurassic Park, I think Back to the Future, you know, the old classics like that. So speaking didn't, of old didn't get a chance classics. to see any of them. What was that? Speaking of old classics, I was just trying to segue. I was, I was, doing, <laughs> I was like diving in. Whatever a guest does that, I know it's like okay, Ben. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to it. <laughs> uh, but but uh, you know, I know uh, real quick. I just wanted to get to. I mean, obviously, I'm from Michigan. You're from Michigan. Where in Michigan were you from? Saginaw. You're Flint. Oh, okay. By uh, Frankenmuth, right? Remember Frankenmuth? Frank- Frankenmuth was kind of a. I grew up on this street called North Bond Street, which was kind of you know known for violent crime and gang activity and shady shady stuff so going to frankenmuth was such a treat because it was like another world you know yeah it's like a bunch of dutch colonial stuff and people having chicken dinners and buying fudge (laughs) and taffy and ice cream and it's just like very right cutesy you know very very right very twee very wes anderson i don't know it really is, yeah. Yeah, I, just, I remember my uh, grandma always coming in from Florida because she grew up in Michigan, but uh, she would always come from Florida and had to go to Frankenmuth every time, every single time she came, had to go to Frankenmuth. It's like, all right, grandma, let's go to Frankenmuth. But, <laughs> um, but uh, now I know you're a you're a you're a newlywed as well. Is it harder to get away right now? You know, doing these podcasts uh, with with that situation or. Or no? No, I'm just uh, I'm quarantining in Canada doing the movie and yeah, just uh, I've gotten asked to do a couple of these interviews and they're fun, but um, you also don't want to do too many. You don't want to be that guy who's like popping up constantly and everybody's like, right? Will you go away? You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, and kind of like, you know, you agreeing to come on, you know, that that podcast blockbuster mentality kept saying, hey, you're going to come on, you're going to come on, you're going to come on. And then, you know, you're like, all right, this guy will go away if I agree. So here we are. You know, finally, we we did it, man. We did it. What's been your favorite show so far in the podcast? What's been my favorite show? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I really liked, uh, surprisingly, I, it was the first time I actually saw the movie, uh, but it was with uh, the critic Scott Mance. Um, that was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Great conversation. And the movie uh, surprised me. I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. Really enjoyed that one. Um, what movie? Uh, uh, Thelma and Louise. Oh yeah, I just saw it for the first time this year. Yeah, yeah, that was the, my first time, Great. and yeah, we did that a couple months ago. Great. Um, yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. Um, and yeah, I think that was great. He was he his personality is just is just amazing. Obviously, I loved. Uh, I think uh, Christian Harloff. He kind of inspired me to get into podcasting. So being able to speak with him was uh, was a treat. You know, to to do that. You know, someone who inspired you to do something, you actually get to speak with them, and so that was really cool as well. I know you you had a conversation with him too. So um, cool guy. So 
big Cobra Kai fan, that Christian Harloff. Yeah, yeah, big wrestling guy too. We actually we did the the movie The Wrestler uh with him. So <laughs> so, you know, very fitting. <laughs> how weird how weird is it that Ridley Scott did Thelma and Louise? Right. I uh it's funny, yeah, cuz I, like I said that was the first time watching and I I you know, was doing research before I even watched it and uh seeing that he directed it, I was like what <laughs> am I watching the right movie right now? Like what, what did IMDB screw up? Like what's, what's going on? But yeah, his filmography is it's just out there, man. You know, that's kind of how, that's kind of how I see James Mangold, James Mangold, you know, he can do walk the line and girl interrupted and Ford versus Ferrari and 310 to Yuma. I mean, he's got a pretty varied filmography. Yeah. And then uh, didn't you do a uh, Logan uh, with, yeah, that's oh, that's such a yeah. He's yeah. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, that they can just go from genre to genre. Yeah, you got Ridley Scott, Gladiator, Alien, <laughs> Thelma and Louise. Like it's just like what? <laughs> but it it works. It works. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like you said, uh, speaking of classic movies, uh, we're obviously talking about 1993's Dazed and Confused, the Richard Linklater film uh, starring, uh, I mean, so many actors are in this. Uh, obviously, you know, I, he's not the star of the movie, but you have very, very young Matthew McConaughey, uh, Jason Land, uh, London, I guess you could call the lead as pink in this, uh, but Obviously, we're going to get into it a little, but I always like to ask the guests right off the bat, what, uh, why did you choose this movie? I think I saw Dazed and Confused for the first time, maybe late high school, like late mm-hmm. teens, early 20s. And I was really late to the game in that regard, because I might have been seven years old when it came out in 93. <clears throat> but I right. just, you know, I just love how watchable it is. A lot of people use this term a hangout movie. They talk about hangout movies like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a hangout movie. Um, right. And, and I think, you know, this is maybe the best hangout movie ever made in a lot of ways. Um, it's yeah. equal parts coming of age, like uh, American Graffiti, but then it's also a hangout movie like where not, not a ton happens, but it feels like a lot happens, you know? Right. Yeah, that's what I, I thought, you know, rewatching it this time. I, I I was thinking there's there's really no plot to this movie, but but it's still so enjoyable to watch, you know. It's it's you know, there's there's no like int- introduction of character and then the problem arises, you got to solve the problem and you overcome it and then boom, the end. You know, it's not that typical story. Like you said, it's a, it's a hangout movie. It's a, you know, I, I was actually just looking up um I have an article here and let's see uh yeah dazed and confused is in it. it's uh, basically top 10 greatest movies about nothing <laughs> um and uh yeah uh, lost in translation is in it i wouldn't really call that a hangout movie but uh obviously uh Nap- napoleon dynamite is in it uh i can i can see that again i napoleon, hang out napoleon, maybe not but napoleon dynamite holds up dude it really oh up. yeah, that movie. I I need to revisit it. I haven't seen that. I mean, I used to watch it constantly when it first came out. I was two thousand four. I was yeah sixteen, seventeen. Um, so yeah, I used to watch that constantly. Um, but yeah, I need to I need to wa- I need to revisit that. But but yeah, it's a, it's like it, again a plotless movie. It's just you're in the moment with these folks. You're just living what they're living. You know? Yeah, and Linklater does that a lot. If you watch Boyhood, if you watch the movies with Ethan Hawke, the talkie movies, and then, of course, his spiritual sequel, they call it, to Dazed and Confused, which is Everybody Wants Some. Those are really great hangout movies, and you, they don't feel cheap, and they don't feel like any corners were cut. They're really full, fully breathed movies, but they're just a little a little alternative in the storytelling. And I, I kind of prefer that. Yeah, no, Watch definitely. Yeah. And he even did a, a, a school of rock. I know, um, which I, I love. I mean, that's what, what are your thoughts on school of rock? 
Uh, I think movies like School of Rock and Elf are like perfect films. They're like 10 out of 10s for me. Um, I yeah. rewatched those two because they, they came out around the same time and kind of made Jack and Will movie stars. But um, yeah, School of Rock is, that holds up too, man. I watched that like a year yeah. ago. Yeah, I I think I might watch that. Yeah, it's Slater is just one of the best, dude. One of yeah. Them. Oh, absolutely. I never did get around to seeing uh, everybody. What did everybody get? Some is that what it's called? Everybody wants. Um, you should get. Everybody around. wants some. That's a yeah. great movie. Yeah, I need to check that out for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, Linklater. Yeah, he's and and he he just makes what he wants. You know, he doesn't. You know, he feels like he has total control over his movies. No stu- you know, I mean, they're all seem to be indies. Um, you know, obviously you have the cases you have with uh school of rock obviously that was a little more commercial but but still it seemed like he it, it was his vision and everything but but yeah he's yeah, uh, later i feel like his heart never left texas he's always been like a kind of a good old southern boy in some regard yeah no very definitely, grounded definitely. in a way that few few filmmakers are as in touch with real life because a yeah. lot of them it's almost like hip hop where early on a lot of hip hop artists, they rap about family and struggle and their neighborhood and their friends and, you know, early misbegotten love stories and song. And it's like, you know, a lot of great filmmakers start out that way where it's really grounded. And then eventually their third, fourth film in, they almost get creative affluenza where they make things that are not as relatable or original. And they kind sure. of creatively sell out a little bit. And I think Linklater is still the same dude he always was uh, in, in so many ways, I think. I think that's what makes him so great. Another person I would put in that category of consistency and staying true to their own weird spirit is uh, Steven Soderbergh. Because Soderbergh, like, Soderbergh will do a big, splashy movie with Meryl Streep and Gary Oldman. Then he'll go and, like do a movie on an iPhone, then he'll make a secret movie with his wife and friends on a boat. I mean, he's just one of the weird guys who just does whatever the hell he wants. I think that's so cool. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's refreshing to see guys like that. I mean, if it, even if it's not a commercial success or anything, like there's, you know, cinephiles and things that, still love those kind of films right. um even if it doesn't quite hit the mark for you sometimes like they're still gonna go at it they're still gonna go for it which i love um now this movie you know obviously set in 1976 uh from what i hear it's quite accurate uh for the time i know you know uh i believe you know you and i were not around during that time um but but you feel like you're you're right there in 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 that time frame, you get a sense of what it's like, and you know it's it's it puts you right in there with the you know the start with sweet emotion at the beginning with the you know from Aerosmith, just you know the start of school and you know it's the last day of school. You just you he puts you in that mindset, and it yeah, just kind of carries on. The music just freaking the mu- <laughs> the music helps tell the story big time, and it's really putting yourself in the minds of those young people, what, what they were listening to and what or, uh, the character played by uh, Adam Goldberg. It's like when you're a teenager, it is that John Hughes thing of all your emotions are super raw and sort of, uh, sort of un, un, unproofread, you know, everything's a rough right. at that age. And uh, the music plays a part in that too. It's a really, it's a really beautiful film to just watch people exist in that space and time and, and sort of see, you know, who is my friend? Who am I? You know, kind of right. the way people talk about the cast of Friends, everybody's like, you're Chandler, I'm Rachel. Like, <laughs> I, I do that in my head when I watch Days. I'm like, who is me? Who's my best friend? Who's my brother? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask this a little later on, but yeah, I mean, who uh, who would have been your group in high school? Who would have been oh, Paul Hauser's group yeah. in high school? Probably rap. Marissa Rabisi, Adam Goldberg trio, the sort of like nerdy intellectual combined with Mitch's young crew of like rowdy cool. I was, you know, I was kind of in more of that semi-intellectual comedic 
low status group in high school, but I was also friends with every group, you know, I was kind of just a floater who could talk or hang out with anybody for the most part. Yeah. You were, you were kind of like pink. I guess I was pink. Yeah, I was definitely pink. And I, and that whole, I had a problem with authority as a young person. I still sort of do. And, uh, I totally identify with that idea of not wanting to, not wanting to kowtow and bend to the will of those people above you and stuff. I was definitely, I was definitely like that. Yeah, no, I, I can, I could see that. I could see that. I was a pain uh, in the but, ass when I was a teenager, but I wasn't on the line. You know, I would never get into crazy trouble, but I was always into a mild form of it. What you? What were, what were you? I, I would say, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the middle. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I liked sports. I didn't, I wasn't on any sort of team or anything. I didn't uh, do any of that, but uh, I, I enjoyed sports. So I got along with the, you know, quote unquote jocks. Um, but also, you know, the, the freaks, the rejects, you know, the, <laughs> the whatever they say in, in movies, you know, now I, I think I was, I, I was, yeah, I was in the middle too. I mean, obviously I wasn't, you know, star quarterback status, but uh, you know, I, I, I got along with, with a lot of people. Um, I, I, I was close, I think, to winning everybody's friend in the high school, uh, su- superlatives, you know, at the, at the, at the end. But, uh, uh, I forget who beat me out. Um, I have his name written down somewhere, you know, to, if he ever crosses me again. Um, no, uh, <laughs> what's, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think voted, I'm, uh, I'm in the middle. They voted me most likely to end up in Hollywood, which did happen. So that was, wow. That was wow. Um, once accurate. I noticed though, you know, the film plays with that thing of, cause the legal age of drinking was 18 back then. Right. It's like the fact that 17 year olds are drinking beers and stuff isn't that crazy, <laughs> but I didn't really party in high school. I didn't try marijuana till I was 19. I wasn't really drunk till I was 18, my senior year of spring break. So like, yeah. I was, I was sort of, I was sort of like very clean and conservative throughout high school. I didn't have those nights of, you know, fiddling for your keys and crashing on somebody's sofa. I didn't really do that. (laughs) Right. And, uh, you know, end up on a 50 yard line of a football field. And we still did that. We just, (laughs) we were just toilet papering somebody or stealing the mascot (laughs) or whatever the hell. Yeah. I think I was the same way. I think the worst I, ever did was during around like Christmas time uh, we would go out in the middle of the night and position people's decorative reindeers in inappropriate ways um you know uh so that was about uh what we didn't you know knock over mailboxes or throw uh bowling balls into, into no into i didn't people's. do that either I, I i did really dumb stuff that it was like experimental comedy for me at that time so just really cheap stuff like there would be i went to a christmas in high school and they had these chapel services every Wednesday and so like I I would come into chapel late in front of the entire school sitting in the bleachers and I'd pat water on my crotch to make it look like I pee my pants but I'd constantly walk in and act like nothing was wrong like I did stuff like that I I remember one time oh god I'm trying to think of what I can and can't tell oh one time well, I can always edit it out. So. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but one time I I did a school spirit night where I chose that one night we had a basketball game. I said, this is going to be injured fan night. So I asked everybody <laughs> to come with like the arm and slings or come in crutches or cover yourself in blood. And like we did it and like people were just showing up in black eyes and showing up in wheelchairs and like and like. And the other school was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, we were so weirdly intimidating and it was so puzzling <laughs> to everyone. But I just remember thinking, like, it was my high school was my playground to test out comedy, basically. That's awesome, man. It, 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 were you, did people know you were like the, the comedy guy? The, the, the cla- were you a class clown? Yeah, I would do. I'm try, trying to think. There was, a, there was a canned food drive and two teachers were like, Argue, fake arguing in a school assembly about who is going to win the canned food drive because wh- whatever class one gets a pizza party or whatever. Yeah. And I, 
And I just interrupted them midway through their skit and stood up in the bleachers and I quoted the villains in D2, the Mighty Ducks, where I just, I just shouted out, I said, um, Team USA is going down. That's where they're going. See you on the ice, Bombay. And I just walked down from the bleachers and walked out of the auditorium. <laughs> but like, I would just, do shit like that, that people were just like, just, so like some people were in on the joke and other people were like, what the hell is wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> What is Hauser doing? What is what is happening right now? The, the mortal <laughs> sin of self amusement. I'm still doing it, unfortunately. The, uh, <laughs> the the peeing your pants reminds me of Billy Madison. Obviously, you ain't cool unless you pee your pants. <laughs> oh man, did you do that after you saw that movie? Well, oh yeah, I love Billy Madison. I still, that's <laughs> another one that people try to tell me. They're like, dude, Billy Madison does not hold up. And I'm like, no, you don't hold up. Dude, I have a 10-year-old, and he I made him watch it because I was like 10 when I first saw it. And uh, so I figured, you know, I wasn't – I was fine. I was a fine kid. So, And he loves it, and I loved watching it with him. So it holds up, those, those bastards. Um, <laughs> it really does. Uh, Happy Gilmore does too, so – Screw those guys. I'm sorry. They're your friends or something, but oh, you know. Let me ask you this about Dave. Ask me. I was curious. Um, what What did you think of like young Affleck and young McConaughey? I feel like I feel like McConaughey <laughs> proves that he has that like weird, confident charisma that he's carried his whole career, and I feel like Affleck, Affleck really like, in a weird way, you don't see him enjoy himself the way he did in Dazed and the way he does in Goodwill Hunting. Like there were three or four films in the nineties where Affleck really gets to chew the scene up and play around and have fun. And nowadays a lot of his stuff is really right down the line, straight and narrow, kind of like Clooney or something. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's uh yeah. He, he plays it a little too safe now, it seems. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, McConaughey is, uh, he's always had that charisma, always will have that charisma. He's just, even though the lines he says now, you know, nowadays aren't, uh, he probably won't, won't fly, but, (laughs) but, but yeah, he's still just, he's so freaking cool. But yeah, you get to, you get to look back and see all those actors who are in it, you know, Dazed and Confused, The Outsiders. Like, there's a few movies I grew up with that just had such a murderer's row in the cast. It's insane, yeah. I, but yeah, back, you know, Affleck. Uh, I mean, he, he seemed a. I don't know. For me, he seemed. I don't know. Just because I know he's who he is now and stuff, it seemed like he was out of place uh, in this. At least this time, watching watching it. But uh, I, I don't know. I. He, did, did, I mean, does it work for you? Does Affleck in this movie work for you? Yeah, I love it because he's so committed. And you could um, work with him again, uh, you know, potentially. So you got to say that. Oh, I don't know. I've, I've, <laughs> I'm pretty honest about kidding. who I do. Doing- I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, no, he's. I thought he was great. I thought McConaughey was right up there. Rory, Rory Cochran is obviously genius in the movie. Rory as, you know. Oh, yeah, as Slater, Rory yeah. Slater, I mean, he's... So good. He had such a cool run too with Empire Records back to back with Days. That was right. He had a nice run there. Yeah, he had those those characters. And uh, Adam Goldberg, man, like <laughs> I just yeah, yeah. anything he's in, he's so good. He's almost like uh, Vince Vaughn in a way where he can just kind of just ramble like you know go on these rants like super quick and like just like it's just like sometimes it's like you're making sense but you sound like a crazy man like (laughs) you know what he you know what he does perfectly in the film is when he picks the fight with nikki cat at the party in the late second act or whatever there's this great moment where when the fight gets pulled apart um adam is really vulnerable and he's like kind of crying in a real youthful adolescent sissy kind of way it's so honest and real because it's not the kind of thing you'd want to get caught doing you wouldn't want to be making those sounds or that face and i just love i love how he does that because he's so comedic and stuff throughout the film and then there's such a raw like human moment there after the fight where he's like he thought it was a good idea and then he got his ass whooped you know what i mean right 
Yeah, yeah. He let his emotions take over, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, fuck that guy!" You know, I'm going after him. But then, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's it is a moment in this movie where there's you know uh, emotion and vulnerability, you know, with with a character, which I yeah, I thought it was very well done and yeah adam goldberg i don't know you know if it was written that way but yeah i mean whatever you know he so made good. a great choice uh either way um some of these though i mean it's like what 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 happened to some of these like jason uh london i know he was i, I don't know if you <laughs> uh me and my cousins always watched out cold which came out in like 2001 oh, sure. it was like yeah get uh, zach galifianakis is like one of his first movies we used to watch that all the time um i don't know what happened to him man but uh, and also joey lauren adams like uh she was huge in the 90s and yeah the, there are a couple of the the actors in this that yeah where, where you don't you don't see much anymore yeah i think half like a mcconaughey are far and away the the, the yeah. big ones uh cole hauser has a pretty good career uh parker posey yeah that's true yeah, there. yeah. yeah i assume i assume no relation uh no relation that i'm aware of but um <laughs> i'd love to work with them just to be on the same poster where it says hauser hauser and then right. uh, speed three cruise control still i don't know what that movie is still. <laughs> um I, i've never met him though i'd love to run into him at some point yeah sick you got a great out icebreaker you know hey hauser <laughs> um <laughs> and then is uh marisa rabisi uh, is in this is is that uh is that giovanni's sister yeah that's Gio's sister i think she married yeah. or dated back i'm pretty sure um Mila Jovovich from Resident yeah. Evil stuff. She's in there. Yeah, that was it's it, yeah, it was so interesting seeing her. You know, obviously Fifth Element, you know, well, the Resident Evil movie. You know, it's funny too though, is a lot of people auditioned for those movies that didn't get in, you know, because the the casting stories of those ensemble pieces are always pretty wild because you had all the people from that time coming in. So you bet you know, Renee Zellweger, I think, was cast, and her part got cut. Um, really? Yeah, there's a couple couple people that auditioned. If you watch the Criterion Collection DVD, they have all those special features, and you can see, like, the making of the film. And, yeah, apparently Linklater made a soundtrack for all the characters and said, this is what your character is listening to, and handed everybody eight tracks or tapes or whatever. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, and I, I read that we were talking about the soundtrack earlier. I think a, a six of the budget went to the rights of, of these songs, um, which, yeah, I mean, without the songs in this movie, you know, the songs they used, I don't know how, uh, effective it would have been. Um, you know, especially that, uh, what's that? The song that happens a couple times in happy Gilmore, uh, it happens at the very end. It's like, a twangy guitar kind oh, yeah. of Tuesday's gone by by uh, Skinner. Yes, Skinner, thank you. Um yeah, that's that's in this. Like I don't know, that's that just fits so well. I can't imagine this movie without that. Arrow's right. sweet emotion right at the beginning. I mean that's yeah. gotta be Uko Bucks. Yeah. And I saw that um actually uh <laughs> Vince Vaughn actually was uh, he auditioned for Cole Hauser's character, but uh, Linklater uh, said that he resembled Ben Affleck too much, yeah. um, so he went with yeah Cole Hauser instead. That so out. that checks out. And Cole, yeah. Cole looks the part of an athlete in that movie. He looks like you know your your fullback or your lineman or something. He looks like a tough guy in that movie. Does a good job. Um, I just rewatched the movie Rudy and it's weird to see Vince. I'm about to work with Vince on a movie called Queen Pins in about a month. Um, But Vince is in Rudy for like, he has like eight, nine lines of dialogue. It's crazy. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, him. Yeah, Favreau. I mean, Favreau, I think, plays a little bigger, bigger part. But yeah, Vince Vaughn's in that football player. Yeah, I got to rewatch that too. Football season, man. Uh, uh, If, If you're a guy, that movie's such a tearjerker. Oh man, seriously, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and it's it's crazy that it's uh you know for the most part true story. So, yeah. um, it's so crazy. Uh, it, uh, queen uh, queen pins is this uh uh what, what what's that about? It's a true story, uh, crime comedy about two women who 
fabricate coupons in a scam to make millions of dollars. And uh, Vince and I kind of play these guys who are on the hunt to try to catch the women in the act, you know? Nice. Is it comedy, drama, yeah, thriller? It, a crime comedy. Nice. It's going to be great. Definitely. Definitely. We'll be looking out for that. Um, now, you know, you obviously have the kind of theme of making your own choice in this movie, you know, uh, into adulthood. You have, you know, the thing that's hanging over Pink's head this whole time is signing this paper saying I won't engage in, you know, uh, smoking marijuana and drinking and all this. And, you know, he throws the paper away. The one guy picks it up, you know, for him to sign later. So you got this, this, this theme of, of choice. Um, now, Obviously, Pink is the character that he gets along with everyone. He hangs out with the with the quote unquote slackers that the coaches might call him, or you know, and, and but he also hangs out with the the football team. It's it, no, just it, it's it's interesting to me because you know it's like yeah, you, you should be able to make your own choices, but at the same time, you know, whatever choice you make, it's not gonna. If he makes the choice to not play, he's letting down his football team. If he makes the choice to play, he's letting down his other friends who aren't on the football team. Like, so it's like kind of these choices we face in real life, you know, that, that I, you know, that that's why, you know, even if it's a plotless movie, it's a hangout movie. This is kind of the theme slash me- It has a message and a theme. Like you're, you're always going to let someone down. Um, uh, there, there's no pleasing anyone. Uh, that's kind of what I got, you know, this time around watching it. There's a theme for me about choosing what tribe you're going to belong to. Right. And where your place is in that, that group. I mean, obviously Mitch and, and that girl who's, I forget her names, uh, but Mitch and the girl, the younger girl in the movie, they're kind of pledging like a fraternity or sorority throughout the film and, you know, it reminds me of, I remember I liked these different groups in high school, but some of them, you know, some of them had fun, but they also weren't nice to other people. And I remember clocking that at an early age and saying, I want to have that amount of fun, but I don't want to be overly inclusive and hurt other people. And that's kind of yeah. what made me an in-betweener is I wasn't you know, I was I was more trying to keep the peace or stick up for the bullied than than the bully. You know, and some right of the most popular people in my school were the ones who were just you know they partied all the time and were getting laid all the time, and they were they were kind of shitty to other people, and and I sort of didn't fit that bill. But you do make that choice, you know. And I saw friends who I was super close with in middle school or junior high. And then suddenly they kind of pair off into a different group and they leave your group and it's a bit of a sorrowful, you know, mournful moment. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, but you got to have those, you know, the friends on each side, you know, that understand the choice you make. Like uh, you have uh, Don, who is the overall, overall wearer, (laughs) Um, you know, he. At the end when, you know, uh, Pink throws the thing back at the coach saying, you know, I I might play football, but I'm never signing that. Like, Don kind of, you know, accepts it. He's like, you know, I'll I'll see you around, man. Like, but like the uh, uh, Hauser, uh, not you, the other Hauser, uh, you know, he, him and uh, Pink kind of leave off in this movie. We don't really see see him again after this exchange, I don't think, you know, he's like, you know, you're letting the team down. Yeah. Like he's not understanding that part. So, I mean, there's, it's a two way street in a way, you know, you got to have someone who's going to, you know, not support you no matter what, but support your choice. If it's noble and it's not like you're hurting someone else, you know? Um, But yeah, it's just, it's, you know, kind of that human thing, you know? I mean, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, just interesting to, to kind of dissect that. It's what is your, uh, what's your favorite scene in the whole movie? Oh man. I mean, there's so many quotes in this movie. Um, 
Well, first, I love all the, for some reason, just, yeah, all the Adam Goldberg parts. Like, like he gets into some philosophical stuff, and I just, I wish I could, uh, had some quotes pulled up here, but but he gets into some philosophical quotes, and it's just like, man, you make sense, like I said earlier, but it's just like, you're so weird. Um, I love some of his quotes, but I mean, I, I gotta go with the most famous one is just, you know, when the kid... What's the kid's name? The the one that just graduated, the the main one. Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. Long hair. Uh, <laughs> the one that Pink befriends. He, you know, gets into the car with Pink and Matthew McConaughey. And, you know, Matthew McConaughey says, you got a joint? And he says, no. He's be a lot cooler if you did like that's oh it's <laughs> like i i don't know why like this time watching it like i just was uh, i don't know it just filled me with glee and i was just cracking up and uh yeah i, lo- I just love that part um there's, there's uh, great there's a great throwaway line toward the end of a scene in the first act where the bell rings and the school teacher tells the kids remember this summer during the fourth of july that this country was founded on a bunch of fat big wig politicians who didn't want to pay their taxes or something like that. Like she totally takes this liberal stance on <laughs> the holiday of the 4th of July or something. And then sends the kids off into the Alice Cooper schools out song. And it's just so perfect. So <laughs> yeah. It's it's little, but it's great. And that's what right. I think Linklater is good at. He's really great at highlighting de- small details and making everything matter, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, every yeah, every little thing. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a purpose for it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know that's that's a great scene. Obviously, when when Ben Affleck's character gets his, you know, finally because right. he's just he's obnoxious in this movie, man. You know, he's he's a character you you want them to get their their revenge on, and when he when he gets the paint poured on him, that's great. Oh, I, I love that. that. I love when the the teacher tells the the junior high students who are graduating they're like can we leave early so that we don't get beat up by the the <laughs> high schoolers and he's like i'm gonna tell you what uh, my sergeant told us in vietnam uh like 10 of you are are going out and only two of you are coming back or something like that it was just uh, <laughs> so of the time yeah, they- so perfect <laughs> i know yeah he's just like you know just every every keep- Everything McConaughey says is gold in the movie too. I mean, him, oh. him and Rory Cochran have so many good off the cuff moments, and you know, a third of their stuff was improvised for sure. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's well, I know you know the famous "All right, all right, all right" was was an improv line from McConaughey that wasn't scripted, um, and uh, yeah, I mean McConaughey, I mean you could have made a movie on his whole character if this movie if this movie was like a fine you know obviously it's a i would say it's a more of a cult classic you know i don't think it was that successful uh money wise but yeah yeah it's, it's definitely got a huge following yeah Right, yeah, now. But yeah, I think if it did have that huge, you know, box office, I think we would have seen a sequel and and McConaughey would have been a way bigger part <laughs> in in that sequel. But but at the same time, I'm kind of glad we, you know, it's more I, I like movies that leave you wanting more, but you know there's not going to be a sequel. Like not everything needs a sequel, not everything needs to be remade and all that. No, so. I think I think the good version is Netflix doing like a one-off Wet Hot American Summer thing. Like right. That's a good idea for a sequel. But like, I was woefully uh, disappointed by Zoolander two, Anchorman two, Dumb and Dumber two. Like, those were those were so bad. Yeah. I just yeah, didn't that was the time to exist. That it seemed like that time. What was that? Two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. Like. It was like 20 years later, first of all, like Hollywood was just obsessed with making sequels from movies from 20, 20 years ago. It's just yeah. like, come on. But what? I mean, I will say I, I am a little excited about uh, Borat, too, uh, after saying that. Yeah. But um, I think we all just uh, need that exhalation of comedy. You know, we all need that yeah, def- therapeutic, cathartic, shared comedy moment. So I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Obviously, I love the uh, you know quote. You just you just got to keep living, man. L I V I N. You know, just everything he said. Like he's he, for me, he's like he's like Brad Pitt. Like almost sixty year old Brad Pitt to me is like 
I'll never reach that coolness, even at my age. Um, I'll never be as cool as as fifty eight year old Brad Pitt, and it's just you do, man. That's that's a, that's pretty high on the shelf. That's like playing for the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I and again, I'm not talking about you know twenty five year old Brad Pitt. I'm talking about fifty eight year old Brad Pitt. I will never be as cool as, <laughs> as that. Shirtless cooking macaroni and cheese with a can of beer and a dog. <laughs> exactly exactly well i think i was eating out of a pan once and i uh told my wife i was like brad pitt did it you know brad pitt did it so you know whatever <laughs> i do it all the time um yeah yeah no Br- brad pitt is another one of those guys who i i bet Pitt probably based on age Pitt might have been Pitt was probably too old for a dazed and confused but i bet you brad pitt could have auditioned for like the outsiders he probably could have auditioned for Pony Boy or something, but yeah. he wasn't in Hollywood back then. Um, I mean, I, I, was... I just like I like those stories about how everybody in town went out for the same roles. I find that so interesting. I know, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, it's just um, I think I, we said on actually the uh, the Thelma and Louise show, uh, it was originally supposed to be Michelle Pfeiffer and Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster and Michelle Pfeiffer were supposed uh, to be Thelma and Louise, uh, which yeah, I just always that would have been good. Well, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, you think back on it, it's like okay, Susan Sarandon and you know Gina Davis were great, but if that came out, like uh, you know, it's it's interesting to think like would it have been as good? Like you know, would they have made different choices a little? Like I mean, obviously they're all great actresses, but certain choices are made that it's like. Eh. Maybe not, um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, yeah, those th- those kind of things are definitely interesting. But but Brad Pitt, I mean, he did True Mo- Romance, and I think in ninety two, ninety three, that came out. Yeah, pretty early. He was pretty young then. I think he, I think he could have been in Days. Romance, uh, Cool World. There were a couple really early on. I'd like to watch all his stuff. I haven't seen all his movies. I've never seen Legends of the Fall. I've never seen A River Runs Through It. I've never seen The Devil's Own. There's probably like eight or nine Brad Pitt movies I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, he was in uh, Thelma and Louise, too. It's funny that I mentioned that. That's funny. Yeah, um, yeah, it, I, yeah there is definitely... I, I do have a blind spot with some of his movies. It's uh, Yeah, there's there's definitely some I need still need to see. So, um, but... But yeah, I mean this 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 movie again. It's just uh, yeah, you're you're just along for the ride, you know. No, necessarily not not a plot necessarily, but it's just I don't know about you, but I'm big into coming of age tales stories, um, and this is this is one of them, um, and one that comes to mind that hit me like a ton of bricks a few years ago was uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Did you Love ever see that? that? Movie. I've seen it like oh four or five times. I love it. Dude. Yeah. Anytime I need a good cry, I'll turn it on. <laughs> but even not, not even though, like there's funny moments in it. There's cringy moments, but in a good way, like yeah, there's that movie kind of messes me up because it makes me feel so old and miss <laughs> right sort of freedom and the newness of youth. It, it kind of, oh. that part at the end where they're driving in the tunnel, I always get really choked up for whatever reason. Yeah, same here. And that's where I think music music comes to play in movies big time, you know, just the Another another great cast too. Uh yeah. Emma Watson, Mae Whitman, uh who's the young guy, the lead? He's got a great filmography. Three ten to Yuma, Fury. Oh yeah, he was in Fury. Uh Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman, yeah, Nick Braun from Succession is in Perks of Being a Wallflower, Ezra Miller. Obviously. Oh no, Logan Lerman is yeah, 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 Logan Lerman. Yeah, he's the main. And then Dylan McDermott is the father. Paul Rudd's in it. Paul Rudd's in it as the teacher. Tom Savini, horror icon, is in the film. Who? Horror icon Tom Savini. You don't know who Tom Savini is? I'm not a horror guy, man. Um, Savini uh, basically I'm... came back from Vietnam after being a photographer um, for the military. And he he employed everything he saw from his photographs to make uh, movie horror makeup more realistic. So he, he in the 70s, yeah. 80s, fostered the new wave of horror movie makeup for uh, George A. Romero's zombie movies. 
Yeah, I'm definitely. I, I'm looking looking at him now, and he definitely looks familiar. Tarantino so. and Rob Rodriguez stuff. Yeah, He's one of those. Are you, guys. Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna work with uh, Tarantino anytime? <laughs> it's like asking <laughs> if I'm gonna grow a tail. I have a, well, no, are you? Are you gonna work? Are you gonna grow a tail? <laughs> um, I, I know. I, I'm not expecting you to give a legitimate answer. Trust I, mean, I was listen, just busting I, your chops. I would love to work with Tarantino, obviously, and uh, from what I hear, he's only making one or two more movies, supposedly. So I know, man. Yeah, that's what he says. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, have you worked with anyone in Dazed and Confused? You know, my roommate. Vinny Chibber, who's a really terrific human, an actor. <clears throat> he worked with Adam Goldberg on that Taken series on NBC. They didn't okay. work together. He really liked work with him. I haven't really, I haven't really met or worked with any of the Dazed and Confused people. I don't think. I think maybe I met. Ben, I did meet Ben Affleck in 2013. I waited on his table and was like a waiter and door guy at this event and he was uh he was very nice to me he and i talked about movie making a little bit yeah well, that's good i'm glad he was nice you know it's not one of those yeah. hollywood horror stories that you meet you you know <laughs> uh, icon of yours <laughs> you know what? i have a funny rory cochran story slater from the movie i was i was Please, at a party indulge. i was at a party this is like a year or more ago and i'm just da- i'm on a dance floor at this party in in west hollywood and I'm dancing with this woman and she's being very kind of forward with me physically. And I'm like, just enjoying it. We're just having fun. And at one point, but I don't know if she's there with anyone or not. And she tells me at one point, she goes, she goes, that's Rory Cochran over there. I go, Oh yeah, I'm a big fan of his work. She goes, that's my boyfriend. And I just go, (laughs) I go, Oh, that's not good. That's not good. So like I, I stopped dancing with her a couple minutes later and I, I waltz over to Rory 10, 20 minutes later. He's having a cigarette in the rain. And I walk up to him. He's looking real stoic. And I just say to him, I say, I'm a big fan, blah, blah, blah. And I go, hey, sorry, I didn't know that was your uh... – he cuts me off mid-conversation. And he goes, hey, man, would you mind dancing with my girl? I don't do that. And I go, what? <laughs> like I was about to apologize for dancing with this girl. And he goes, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Can you just keep go dance with my girl? <laughs> it was such a oh, bizarre he's cool moment. with it. And I went out and I danced with her again, but I was like, this feels weird. And I just stopped and got off the floor. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, okay. That, okay. He was cool with it. Okay. It was, I, for some reason, I was going to make a bad joke and ask you if you had something. Um it, it had to do with super bad and Jonah Hill dancing with a girl. Um, and oh, I was going to ask Jonah, Jonah Hill <laughs> is another guy who he's, he's done some really interesting transcendent work. Did you like mid nineties? Did you see it? I started watching it and then my kid interrupted and then I never got back to it. I need to finish it. Good movie. I, I, loved yeah. it. I thought it was one of my favorites from that year. That's a theme of this podcast, by the way, is me half watching a movie and not being able to finish it. So <laughs> story of my life, too. So, <laughs> But yeah, I definitely want to finish that. I was definitely intrigued by it. Obviously, I'm a you know big Jonah Hill fan and then seeing that he directed a movie and, and wrote it and things. So, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, there's uh, obviously, you know, Days and Confused, like we said, it's a hangout movie, coming of age tale. Was there any other thoughts you had on the film? Any other insights? I think it definitely holds up. I would love to see another movie like it. I don't know really who would make it, um, but I'd love to see another hangout movie with a lot of young talent who then goes on to do cool work. You know, that right. those movies are fun. I really enjoyed Olivia Wilde's movie book smart. And I wasn't really familiar yeah. with, I guess I was a little familiar with Beanie Feldstein. I had seen her in lady bird, but she hadn't done that much. So watching her and Skylar Gazzando and yeah. Gary Fisher's daughter, all those people, that was like a fresh new, exciting cast of people. And, uh, well, Bo Burnham's eighth Jonah grade Hill. was like that too, where you watched eighth grade and you got to see a bunch of young people really crush it who you weren't familiar with. Oh, eighth grade is great. Yeah, I, uh, I need to watch that again too because the the kid she's with in the in the pool and he invites her over at the end. 
my uh, my little brother, who's like 12 years younger than me, um, he's kind of like that. He's kind of quirky and, you know, uh, a little socially awkward. And uh, it just fills me with glee watching that because it's like I'm watching my brother on screen right now. That was great. So I have so many sauces here. <laughs> so good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, yeah, terrific, terrific. Yeah, like you said, it holds up uh, even, yeah, I mean, 93, you say 93, but then you realize, holy shit, that was 27 years ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't see it either until I was in my 20s, I don't think. Yeah, because again, like you said, I was I was too young in 93 to watch it. And then, yeah, just, uh, yeah, yeah, you visit these films later, later in life. So coming, but, coming uh, of age ensemble movies like, uh, almost famous and, and American graffiti and, uh, dazed and confused. I just fast times urge on high is another one. Those are just so, they're so fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. The best. When, and, when done well, when done really well, they're my favorite kind of movie probably. Yeah. And then who it's just crazy. Like if you watched this in 93 and, and saw McConaughey and Affleck, like you wouldn't probably bet money that these guys would be Oscar winners someday. <laughs> they both are. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously I don't think Affleck, yeah, he won for writing and then for Argo, I think for best picture as a producer. Yeah. And then obviously McConaughey for acting, but, uh, but yeah, even so, you wouldn't think that, <laughs> that these would be Oscar Oscar winners. But here we are, you know, you got to start somewhere, you know. So. It goes back to the adage of treat everybody well. You don't know who's going to become what. Don't make it. Yeah, exactly. Don't burn any bridges. <laughs> exactly. Especially if it's Jeff Bridges. Do not burn Jeff Bridges. Yeah, you wouldn't want to burn his, uh, his surname because uh, have you ever met Jeff Bridges? I was at a... The same party where the Rory Cochran thing happened, it was one of those Oscar season things. Uh, but he, I saw Jeff Bridges there hanging out with like the Fairley brothers and Bill Murray, and I was like, I, I was just dying to be a, a fly on that wall. Um, yeah. Peter Fairley was really nice to me. He spoke with me for a few minutes backstage at a show. And and Bill, Bill Murray and Jeff Bridges, I had a chance to talk to him, but I just said, I don't know. I didn't have anything cool to say. I didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's tough. It's like, I don't want to go up to them and say the same things that people say to them. Like I want to at least be interesting to them, you know, but yeah, Bill Murray, that would have been, you know, I, I kind of pick and choose now. I'm, I'm at a point where if I'm really a fan or I just saw something that moved me, I'm I'm definitely going to go say something. Well, I'm sure a lot of them recognize you at this point. A little bit, yeah, more than they used to, I guess. But um, I had a, I had a moment where I got to meet Bradley Cooper, and I basically just told him how much I loved the music from A Star Is Born. Like I totally nerded out on the soundtrack <laughs> of A Star Is Born. But I think it meant a lot to him because he worked really hard on that music, and he probably gets a lot of accolades for acting and directing it, but but maybe not the music as much. I don't know. Right. Yeah. That's actually, I think what we said in our review is just like he, this dude sang the songs. He played guitar, like a lot he, of work. Yeah. Work. So much work. And he spent like, I think, uh, I forget how much time, but so much time working on his accent, you know, like he puts so much into that. Yeah. It's, and why do I, I feel like you, worked with him but i guess you didn't um uh, maybe did richard jewell come out the same year or yeah no maybe he, that's right tanya i think the connection you're thinking of is the fact that both bradley and i have starred in clint eastwood movies uh that might be it yeah yeah american sniper richard jewell Ricky Jewel, you know yeah i wasn't gonna bring up clint eastwood but you did so you know that's a win for me it's uh any cool clint eastwood stories you've never told anyone else I do this. Uh, I do this weird thing where I like to kick my leg up really high. I can like kick over my head like six feet or so, and uh, and then I'll do these little halfway ones where like if there's a countertop or a metal bar by a bike rack, I'll just okay. mid conversation nonchalantly throw my leg up and rest it at the heel. You know, like stretching my leg like a ballerina or a ninja or something. <laughs> and I, I just do it as a thing to make people laugh. But I did it once or twice in the set of Richard Jewell and. 
Eastwood saw me do it one time and then he matched it and straight up oh. guys like 89, 90 years old and he threw his leg up like four feet high in the air on top of a countertop. And I was like, holy shit, I couldn't believe it. And, and he kind of gave me a look, you know, like like I, anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> I'm sure. Man, how, how would you have felt if he threw his back at him? Oh, gosh. I probably would have been mortified and laughed about it for a long time later. No, he, um, he, he, he's got a good sense of humor and, you know, he really, my humor can be very alternative and weird. And I felt like he dug it even when it was like counter intuitive to what he probably grew up, you know, cause he, he's still a product of the fifties and sixties. So he, sure. he, the, yeah. he grew up on Abbott and Costello. I grew up on Tim and Eric, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a different vibe, but, but <laughs> quite we, quite a little, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we made each other laugh all the time, though. It was great. <laughs> a little bit of, a little bit of a difference there, but yeah, it's it's crazy. He's still going, man, still going. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, Days and Confuse. If you haven't seen it, we I mean we didn't really ruin it for you. You you can still see it. I mean, there's really no spoilers to give about this movie. It's. <laughs> I, I, recommend, I recommend taking a little a little puff off a of vape or maybe having a, a sixer, as they call it in the film. Grab a sixer, your favorite can of brew, and watch it with a couple buddies. Don't watch it alone. It's it's a movie to experience with with a yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if it's uh, me uh, getting way too tolerant, but uh, I don't know how anyone could share a six pack and be feeling good but anyways um, what uh so uh you know i'm wrapping up here what's uh wh- when's wh- what's going on with cruella when's that come out i'm sorry that all right let me start that, that was very over. very so, agreeable. i know this is why i edit bro this is why i edit no you gotta leave it so mr hauser what is going on with cruella they're editing the film uh oh cool I, how long ago did you film it we shot that fall of last year so about a year ago oh okay um i think it'll be maybe the best or one of certainly one of the best movies i ever do i I think it's got all the classic elements of uh, a four quadrant you know blockbuster type movie humor and big fancy sets and it's a period piece and there's wardrobe and great music and big big actors and emma thompson emma stone so I think it'll be an incredible movie. It should be out in like six or seven months, maybe. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Hopefully. Well, that's, yeah, that's good to hear. Cause I remember seeing like the teaser photo for it. Like, it feels like forever ago. <laughs> and I'm like, when is this coming out, man? Can't wait for this. Uh, Emma Stone. Yeah. She's great. Uh, and then uh, who's your, uh, cause you're, you play one of her henchmen. And then who's the other guy? The other guy's Joel Fry, a really, really sure. terrific actor who's been on Game of Thrones and a number of, uh, comedy primarily yes okay yes i i I was looking at the picture before the show and i was like why is this guy so familiar now now i don't love him he's 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 a really really great comic actor yeah good stuff man uh so yeah definitely looking forward to that and i was telling my wife right before the show i said for cinephiles everyone knows who paul walter house No, no, cinephiles, I'm telling you. Cinephiles know who you are. Like, people who are huge movie fans know who you are. I'm saying, like, once Cruella comes out, though, I think that's going to be huge for you, and everyone's going to know who you are. And that's... Because, you know, know, it's more... I assume it's going to be not R and, you know, more family. It'll be be PG to PG-13. It'll be, like, a Disney movie. and uh, Yeah, so... It'll be really cool, man. I've, I've never done a disney or dc or marvel type thing that's kind of where you get exposed to lots of people so hopefully that's a good thing and not a bad thing we'll see no oh absolutely man like i said i think this is uh you're you're going up and up and i really appreciate uh you you making the time for for me and uh it's uh it's been a pleasure uh what's your son's name i have two sons and a daughter believe it or not my son's name what are their names Yep, uh, Brayden is my oldest. My second oldest is Beckett, and my little daughter is Brielle. Okay, well, um, to the alliteration trio, uh, Brayden, Beckett, and Brielle, uh, let Daddy watch his movies, man. Like, like, give him, give him some reprieve. Not that you have to leave the room, but just maybe get on like the iPad or get on the uh, the Etch a Sketch and just kind of let him finish. 
let them finish movies. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Thank you. I cannot wait to play that for them. <laughs> and <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm, imp- I'm impressed by you being a dad is a really high calling and, uh, and to do it with three kids. That's uh, that's a lot. So good on you, man. I appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah, hope you hope you can uh, you can uh, share share in fatherhood as well, and uh, do wish you the best with that. And uh, yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. Talk with you, man. God bless you. Keep living, L I V I N. Well, there you have it. Finally happened. It finally happened. I talked to Paul. Walter Hauser, great guy, very funny, very down to earth, and hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, be sure to follow us at BlockbusterCast on Twitter. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite uh, podcast platform. Uh, Another exciting guest next week, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, I'm back from a break. I'm back, so a lot more episodes coming your way so all right well that is it for me folks i'm ben and as always grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies 